From a burning bush, the Lord calls and commissions Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, neither your session nor your presbytery are a burning bush, but both are confident that the Lord has called Sam to serve him as he serves you as your assistant pastor. It's interesting, if you turn to Exodus chapters 3 and 4, it's interesting that the, uh, in response, I should say, to the Lord's call in Exodus 3 and 4, Moses, Moses asks five questions. And they're good questions. Uh, they're questions I think anyone uh, called to be a pastor would do well to ask. And, and graciously, um, the Lord hears Moses' questions and doesn't rebuke him for asking those questions. Instead, the Lord gives to Moses five answers, answers that are instructive and answers that are encouraging for anyone that he calls to be his messenger. If you look at Exodus 3 verses 1 and 2, the, the first question that Moses asks, verses 11 and 12, the first question that Moses asks is, who am I? Who am I? Who am I to be called by you to shoulder such a profound responsibility? Who am I? It's a good question. It's a good question. Moses, now understand, Moses isn't being falsely modest. Moses is honestly seeking an answer because he understands, he correctly and properly understands that he is not equal to the task of standing before others and boldly declaring, thus saith the Lord. God's response to Moses' question is to assure him, who are you? This is who you are. You are the one I will be with. Likewise, in the New Testament, Jesus promises to be with those he calls to teach and to preach and to apply his gospel. As we've just read in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul rhetorically asks, who is equal to such a task? And then he states emphatically, no one. No one except those to whom God gives the competence to carry out the Lord's assigned task. Well, your session and presbytery are persuaded that the Lord has blessed Sam with such competence, not because of who he is, but because of whose he is and by whom he has been called and equipped. Moses next asks in Exodus 3, verses 13 and through 17, well, and this is really a startling question. Moses asks, who are you? 
Who are you, this one speaking to me from this burning bush? Who are you to call me to such a task? It's kind of a stunning question. It almost, almost makes me shake to even think about asking that question. But understand, Moses isn't asking God, what's your name? He's asking, who are you? Furthermore, by what authority do you call and assure me that I'll be able to do what I know full well I'm not capable of doing on my own? Who are you to call me to such a task? Well, I find it interesting he's not immediately struck dead. <laughs> the Lord doesn't even rebuke him. The Lord answers his question by assuring Moses, this is who I am. I am the great I am. I am Yahweh. I am the sovereign Lord who rules over all my creation, the keeper of my covenant promises. And therefore, I will, through you, rescue my people from slavery, deliver them out of darkness, lead them to the promised land, and I will, through you, give to them my eternal truths. So who calls Sam to this high and holy office? The great I am. The sovereign who promises to build his church and gives us his assurance that all authority in heaven and on earth is mine and therefore my word spoken through my messenger will always accomplish my ordained purposes for my people. I am the one who calls, who equips, who enables, and who strengthens my messenger to accomplish the divine task to which I have called him. Moses' next question is in Exodus 4, verses 1 through 9. It's a question. It's a question that I would think is frequently on the mind of anyone whom the Lord calls to be his spokesman. It is certainly a question that has just roared through my mind on countless occasions. Moses asks, Lord, why should these people listen to me? Why should these people listen to me? Why should these people believe what I tell them? Well, Moses, I should say, God responds to Moses by giving him three supernatural signs to validate the words he speaks, to validate that those words are the very words of God. Those three signs are Moses' staff turning into a snake and then returning to the form of a staff, his, his hand turning leprous and then being healed and, and Moses turning water into blood. So Sam, what can you do? <laughs> so what can Sam do to assure you that the words with which he instructs you 
are the word of the Lord. Well, the Lord hasn't provided him with the sort of external wonders that he gave to Moses. But your session and presbytery are persuaded that you will recognize that it is the Holy Spirit speaking in and through him and will be persuaded that Sam's teaching and preaching is in agreement with and by God's grace illuminates for you God's revealed word. The session and presbytery are persuaded that you will recognize that by the grace of the Holy Spirit working in and through him, Sam is competent, he is equipped, he is enabled to do great things, to build you up in your faith, to draw others to the Lord, that Sam's teaching and preaching will enlighten your understanding of how you should live and of how as a church you should be serving the Lord as you serve others in his name. Jesus I'm always stunned by this. Jesus stunningly said that those who follow him, men such as Sam, will do greater things than even Jesus did. That's what Jesus said. You will do greater things than I have done. Wow. But Jesus is assuring us that as he works in and through Men like Sam, he will bring you and others into the light of his eternal truth. And Jesus says that that will be a greater work than Jesus turning water into wine. Moses' next concern is again, is again one familiar to, to, to all whom the Lord calls to speak for him. In Exodus 4, verses 10 through 12, Moses asks, what if I'm not able to properly communicate your message? Now understand, I think sometimes we really misunderstand this question. Understand, Moses isn't concerned about his ability to speak. In Acts 7, verse 22, we're told he was a powerful speaker. Moses' concern is whether he has the ability to effectively communicate to his audience. Now, you've got to remember, and I'm beginning to relate to this, and I know Al can relate to this. Moses is 80 years old, right, Al? <laughs> Moses is 80 years old. I mean, he hasn't lived in Egypt for 40 years. I mean, perhaps he's concerned about being out of touch with the newer cultural nuances of Egyptian and Hebraic culture. And, you know, you, you got to realize that most likely for 40 years, he hasn't spoken in the language of the Egyptians or of the Hebrews. God responds by assuring Moses, I'll give you the words to say. So pray for Sam. Pray that the Lord will give him the right words to say and will bless his most humble efforts to teach and instruct you by his words and by his life. And then finally, in Exodus 4.13, Moses has one last question. <laughs> Lord, isn't there anybody else who can 
you can use beside me? Isn't there anybody else you can use beside me? Is there anyone else the Lord can use besides Sam to serve him and to serve you as your assistant pastor? Well, of course there is. But we're persuaded that the Lord has chosen Sam. So pray for him. Honor him. Stand with him. Listen to him. Heed his teaching and instruction. If you have a problem with something he said or done, instead of sharing it with others behind his back, tell him face to face. He'll love you for that. So we got five questions. We got five answers. Who is Sam? The one the Lord promises to be with, to equip, to enable, to empower. And who is the one making such promises? The great I am, the sovereign Lord who reigns supreme and promises, promises to build his church through people like Sam, through people like you. And why should you listen to him? Because the Holy Spirit will be graciously at work in and through him and you being the Lord's sheep. You're going to recognize the voice of your good shepherd. Will he always find the right words to say? Probably not. But most often, you can anticipate that the Lord will give him the words that you need to hear. And finally, of course, could anybody else do this job? Well, of course. But we're persuaded that it is Sam whom the Lord has called. So keep in mind what you're told. Listen to this. Listen to me. Keep in mind what you're told in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Keep in mind what you're told in Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Because there you're told, the Lord tells you, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account before the Lord, and let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. If Sam's ministry is to be of advantage to you, then you must pray for him, you must honor him, you must stand with him, you must listen to him, and you must heed his teaching. Why? Because he has been called to serve you by the great I am. Let's pray. Father, may these truths fill our hearts, may they fill our minds, and Lord, may you accomplish far greater things than we could possibly ask or even dare to imagine. Lord, we pray these things in the name of our Savior, our King, our Sovereign. 
Jesus the Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.